Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. It's Friday. That can only mean one thing. Legends of Sport Friday with Andy Bernstein. Hey Andy, how are you? I'm great, Arash. Great to be with you as always, pal. Now, normally I get to hear your amazing conversations for the first time or maybe for the second time if it's a classic. I was actually in attendance for this one. What an amazing event. You and your longtime friend, John Su, who had in Pasadena, Michael Cooper, Byron Scott, Oral Hershiser, Jaime Harin, just an absolute unforgettable night. Uh, tell us about the event and the conversation. Yeah, well, first of all, super happy you could come, and uh, so many of our our work friends and personal friends were there. And um, so, you know, Legends of Sport, uh, we're starting to branch out to do events, live events. Now that the pandemic is, thank God, behind us, um, we were planning to we're planning to do that before the pandemic. So we uh, just all of these factors came together i'm the i'm on the board of the south pasadena arts council which is called spark every year we do a fundraiser a gala and it's you know it's a community organization um, usually the galas are at uh, like a wealthy person in our area's house or um, you know, cool sort of local venue. But I had caught wind of the fact that uh, Johnny Buss had purchased the Ice House, the very famous Ice House, legendary in Pasadena, one of the great comedy clubs in the L.A. area. And during the pandemic, Johnny had um, completely remodeled it from the ground up. And talking to Johnny and my longtime friend, Penny Toller, who's his general manager, Michael Harris also is there, and knew Michael for years at working at the Lakers, um, I proposed to them and also to the Spark board, like, how about we try to do our fundraiser at, you know, the, the Ice House? And Johnny loved the idea from the get-go. They had, had not done any events other than comedy um, in their two rooms before. And he generously, graciously um, donated the venue um, on a Thursday night which was so incredibly generous and the Lakers youth foundation and the Dodgers foundation. Um, we joined hands with them. So the event really was to benefit three nonprofits, um, that do a lot of great work in the community. And, um, yeah, we had, um, and, and so the hook about the event, quite frankly, was my relationship, 40 plus year relationship with John Suhu. Um, John started with me, as an assistant when I got the Dodger job in 1984, team photographer, and quickly worked his way up the ladder to the point where he took over for me when I stepped down in 95. I just couldn't juggle all the things I was doing at that point, especially my MBA stuff. 
And we've stayed great friends. He's you now 30, what, 37, 38 years in as Dodgers team photographer. Fantastic photographer in his own right. And we've always been looking for a way to celebrate our long careers and our friendship. And John has a great hook, too, because he was a longtime resident of South Pasadena. So a lot of good things going for us. Um, the foundations got behind it. Sparkboard. Um, was very patient with me <laughs> as uh, Spark President uh, Sandy Kiddo and I were negotiating all kinds of stuff to get it done and, and working on budgets. And everybody came together. We had a fantastic evening. Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, Laker legends, of course, Oral Hershiser and Jaime Hareen, Dodger legends. So it's you know, loosely based on John and I and our careers and how we photograph these guys but what i loved arash and you probably loved it too was the banter between the legends oh, yeah you know so there's so there's so many parallels and and um cross-pollination going there you know for example the lakers and the dodgers both won in 88 yeah which was incredible right and these guys were part of that and then fast forward to 2020 um the dodgers won in the bubble and the Lakers won it in the bubble. So the second time the both teams had won it. Um, anyway, it's just a, a fun night celebrating the arts, um, celebrating a long friendship relationship, and uh, having a great conversation with really, really just wonderful guys. It was great. I love it. And we'll tweet out some pictures. I mean, I just loved the pictures with you and John. Uh, just really chronicling these amazing moments in Los Angeles sports history. The scoreboard yeah. coming down when the <laughs> Lakers beat the Pistons, yeah. the 1988 World Series. So with that said, and we'll tell you how you can hear the whole thing when we come back. But with that said, let's now hear the first part of this amazing conversation. It's Andy Bernstein. It's John Suhu. It's Byron Scott. It's Michael Cooper. It's Earl Hershiser. It's Jaime Harid. You can't get any better than this, folks. Let's now go to the first part of this conversation on Legends of Sports Friday. It is Stephen Lynn, and congratulations. That um, Would I please hire this guy who happened to be somewhat family, right? I don't even know that the whole the whole story. You don't need to know. But anyway. <laughs> so John came on. This is when we had a dark room in Dodger Stadium, right? Up in the press level. And I would shoot some black and white film and John would run it up, process it, right? During the game, make prints. And then we'd get those prints out before the end of the game to some of the media that were there that weren't, you know, didn't have a photographer. This is how we did, did stuff. We spent time in spring training together. We did, you know, countless football games, um, hockey games, of course, you know, baseball games. It's just never ending. My first trip to Vero Beach, Florida, um, I, actually, I'm sorry, I wasn't there yet. We split spring training up, and you were there ahead of me. I think it was the first time you went to spring training. Yeah. And St. Patty's Day for Peter O'Malley was like the oh big boy. thing. Yeah. And the whole day was Dodgers wearing green hats, Dodgers wearing, you know, letters. It was really cool. <laughs> but at night, they had this real big, like, dinner in the, in the dining room. And they had a drawing for mm. like these wonderful, wonderful prizes. And M Mr. Bernstein was the first one to win the trip to Australia. No, to was, Ireland. To Ireland, Ireland, and it was like his first time there. Yeah. And was it Herbie Sharpman, the old, the old photographer for the Dodgers? Yeah. Um, his wife, I heard, was saying, "Yeah, who's Andy, Andy Bernstein?" Yeah. And so. then <laughs> Tommy Lasorda had to take a photo. I had to get my camera to probably to Brenner, to take a picture of me and Tommy and, and Mr. O'Malley. 
And Tommy leans over to me and says, who in the f are you? <laughs> I said, uh, hi, Tommy. I'm Andy, your new team photographer. And he held that against me the, our entire relationship. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I have to tell you that it, it was embarrassing for me. I was like literally less than a week on the job. I didn't know anybody. And I win the grand prize, and it was just ridiculous. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed, I called my dad, you know, and I said, Dad, I, I got to give it back. And he goes, if you give that prize back. <laughs> I said, we're from Brooklyn. We don't do that, right? So I'm like, okay. So I went to, I went to see Mr. O'Malley the next day, and I, I, I was, you know, visibly embarrassed that this happened. He says, no, Andy, you're part of the family. Might be new to the family, but you're part of the family. And I only ask you to go take a lot of pictures, and when you come back, you show them to me in my office, which I did. I made him a photo album, and that's the kind of, the kind of guy he was, and still is. Right? Hey, hey, can I ask a question, Andy and John? Um, yes, sir. As, as baseball players and basketball players, we have a game plan going into a game. Was there any kind of game plan, Andy? Would you set up a certain, like we're playing the Celtics, would you set up closer to the basket or far away from the basket to get those shots? Oh, there's always a game plan, Coop, even to this day. I mean, everything's planned out. There's preparation. Just like you guys prepare for a game, we're preparing, you know, with our gear, if we go on the road, um, at home. Um, we know. couldn't close the gym down so you guys could have your private practice. We just have to do that in public. Yeah, like Riley closed it down for us yeah. <laughs> so we could get it right. in. But during but your shoot arounds at four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, you got to say you got to say what it is because we know we get like stretches and massages right. and shoot arounds and warm ups. We what get is, massages. What's your point? Ours were pregame. That must be that new school baseball. We we didn't we didn't get no massages. That's comedy. No, but Kobe and I had a running joke, actually, that when we started to do our book together, it became apparent that, that he wanted to stress like his preparation and how he got there early. He goes, damn, Andy, every time I got there at 3 o'clock for a 7.30 game, you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> That was the idea. Well, the preparation that I go through now with my dots. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need that. What do you guys now, have on up. this photo? I give up. You add a little Why does Andy get... Oh, what? Is. Oh, okay. I'm Myron, not hiding behind Myron, the ball. you're behind the balloons. Hey, back in the day, back in the day, because we got to do that a lot here, uh, when photographers allowed us to sit on the floor at the forum, the Laker girls sat right behind us. So right. I spent much of time looking right. behind me as I was shooting the game. <laughs> so that was my favorite Laker girl at the time. <laughs> hey, I'm divorced. I give up. All right. <laughs> Andy, your favorite Laker girl. <laughs> oh, where is she? <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember that I'll far say, back. Andy, don't, don't get in trouble, Andy, I please. Uh, it's a family See, I have no idea, didn't yeah. have a favorite, you know, just let it go, Andy, let it go. Next slide. Yeah, we moved quickly out of that one. <laughs> there he is, Tommy Lasorda. Did he say the same thing to you, Andy? Who the bleep yeah, are you? Much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Why are you in this picture? <laughs> Tommy was always great. I mean, he was just, I mean, how could you... How can you go wrong with Tommy in front of your camera, right? So I'm great. curious, like dealing with Tommy and Pat Riley, both of you did like 
two very intense guys in very different ways. How would you, how would you work around those two guys? Oh my God, like polar opposites. But you know, they are both driven. They are both amazing motivators, right? In in their own way. But I got to tell my Pat Riley story really quick. Oh, please so do. I'm a, so I'm a young photographer trying to make my mark, and it's probably my first or second season as a freelancer and I keep trying to sneak into the huddle, sneak into the huddle and Gary Vitti will attest to this and Pat's going like this and get out and blah blah blah, blah. and I keep going in and he keeps telling me to get the hell out. Finally I just gave up, right? And uh, a couple of games later I'm, I'm sitting up on the baseline, the team is warming up before the game and he gives me one of these like like your principal, like, come over. And I'm thinking, well, that was a great career that lasted about two years. <laughs> and he says to the guys are warming up, he says to me, he says, kid, and I was a kid then, um, he says, um, why the, he used a lot of Schenectady type words, right? Why the hell are you trying to get in my huddle? I keep telling you to get out of my huddle. You keep coming back in my huddle. He says, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, coach, I got to tell you, you're in there with Magic and Kareem, the guys, you've drawn up plays, you got Bill Burtka, Gary's there, everybody. I said, I want to see that as a fan. All the fans want to see it, right? And he goes, hmm, okay. And TV wasn't even doing that then. So he says to me, I said, he says, kid, I'm going to let you do this once tonight, but if you, you know what, up, you're never coming back, right? So I go in there, I do my thing. Two days later, I remember it was a Tuesday, I go into his office and I put a file of pictures on his desk, eight by tens. He's going through them like this, and he's going through them, and he looks up at me and goes, you are in my huddle? <laughs> and I said, yeah, coach, mission accomplished. <laughs> Right. Those are the chances you have to take to get those right. shots. Right. Suhu, do you have anything uh, with Tommy as uh, far I as got, was my first, second trip to Chicago with the Dodgers. She's uh, probably 88, oh, 87, 88. And I, went, I don't know if you know Wrigley Field, but the, the clubhouse is at the top of the stairs and the foyer to walk to the fields at the bottom. And so I was at the bottom talking to a friend and I get this, I heard this voice. It's like, Tommy's like, hey, Suhu. I said, yeah, what's up, Tommy? He says, you got your camera? I said, yeah, Tommy, what's up, what's up? I was all ready to run upstairs. Yeah, take that camera and shove it up your ass. <laughs> Does that sound accurate, Bulldog? <laughs> and then we go to dinner after somewhere, and then we go to Charlie's Gito's in St. Louis after, and... Yeah, I guess to me, Tommy stories like everybody else that has experienced Tommy. There are books that have not been written, nor will they be written, uh, but they're some of the greatest experiences ever. What about basketball? Basketball in Vero Beach, right? Tommy uh, was coaches against the staff. Tommy would play, right? But God forbid you call a foul on Tommy. I mean, he literally could push you onto the gravel. Well, he had Mark Cressy, who's like 6'3", yeah. 200-plus, yeah. and yeah. he had a Joe Ferguson on the Cressy other side. Cressy was probably the Bill Lambier of Tommy's uh, yeah. team. Yeah, and we had Joe Ferguson, too, on the other side. So it was <laughs> the three of them. It was like me and Jay Lucas, who's our PR guy at the time, and an another guy who was, I can't remember who was the third guy, but Tommy would just, as soon as you hit a jumper, that's it. That's the last one you're going to get. <laughs> if he hit you, Charlie Horse, you out of bounds, yeah. or he'd have his henchmen take you out. Uh, both Lambiers would take us out. That's it was right. just hilarious. There are, there's photographic evidence of this. It's on my Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, Tommy was something else. Awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, we already bridged into this, but we got more candid photos that nobody else could get but John Suhu and Andy Bernstein. There's one of the greatest ever, the GOAT, 
Vin Scully. Where was this taken, Sue? Well, for all you uh, Red Sox Celtics fans, this is actually in the Green Monster. Mm -hmm. yeah, so this, this is the door on the other side to get in. And Vinny was doing a, a, stand, a, a little thing with uh, Rob Minstrel, the camera guy, and uh, he was just looking out the, out the window to see the view of the stadium, and it was just the moment that I had with Vinny. It's like my first moment, and I'm like, this is close to orgasmic. I'm mm. sorry. This is, this is, this is, this is yeah. like the coolest thing I've ever photographed. Inside the Green Monster. Inside the Green Monster. Yeah, this is crazy. Suhu, how did you gain Vinny's trust? Because he's a very private guy. How did you gain his trust? Um, I guess I worked him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wore him out. Same, same way with, with Jaime. I just like, you yeah. know, we get to know him. Uh, you know their families. You get to know, you know everybody. And so following him on his journey from the Green Monster to the White House when he got his... This is on the flight to Washington, D.C. when he was going to get his Presidential Medal of Freedom mm -hmm. from President Obama. Uh, there it is. That's the 88 that uh, visit. Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so here, uh, we were toured the White House, and then they let us, they broke us loose from this team picture, and we got to just walk around mm -hmm. individually. And an honor guard, a Marine, came up in his whites. So the uh, honor guard comes up and gives me an envelope. I just put it in my breast pocket. And we go back to the hotel. It's all over. We're getting ready to get on the plane tomorrow and, and get out. And uh, at 2 in the morning, I wake up and I go, I wonder what that envelope was. And I go back. I get up, go over my suit in the closet, pull it out. And it was an invitation to the last Reagan state dinner. And wow. I sat next to Margaret Thatcher at President Reagan's table. Wow. wow. So it's you have cool. no photos of that. Pretty, no, I don't have any photos. That's awesome. You should have been there. Yeah. This is just, I mean, Coop, Byron, Jaime Oral. I mean, this is places that nobody else would be allowed to go. I mean, Kobe Bryant there. I mean, this was one of the silent auction items, by the mm -hmm. way. I, I wanted to tip, you know, bid, but my wife would kill me. <laughs> um, but this was... Uh, you were not bidding. I was, I'm bidding. I'm <laughs> taking this home. Um, but this is, these are the moments, right? Can you guys just... There's certain trust you have with teammates, but then... You know, there is a circle of trust that teammates have, but you always let a couple of guys in. Can all of you just describe how you would, why you trusted these two guys to be in your What was wrong with you guys? Moments? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of craziness in us too, I guess. Uh, no, I, I know, especially with Andy, you know, for us, he was just like one of the guys. You know, we got to the point where we trust him, just like there are certain writers that we trust, that we, can, that we know we can talk to and, uh, be comfortable and confident that you know what we say is between us unless we want it to get out but Andy was one of those guys that you know everywhere we were even when he was there he was not there if you understand what I mean and I think that's a, a part of being a great photographer is, is almost not being seen you know so you can get the special shots so you know he, he was one guy that you know we, we had a Showtime reunion that, that Coop and I did Magic and Pat Riley put together in September of 2022 where we all got together. All the, all the guys who won championships in the 80s were able to go to Hawaii. We spent the week there. And two people that were non-basketball related were there. Jeffrey Osborne and Andy Bernstein. <laughs> Had nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, you know, he took pictures. Jeffrey was a singer. Mm -hmm. and But we considered those two guys family. You know, so... Him being around, there's a lot of shots that he had of us that we, we never realized because, again, a lot of times we didn't even know he was there. Mm. Yeah. You know, and you're in such, when you look at the, the picture of Kobe, the first one and this one, not so much this one, but the first one, he's in such deep thought. 
And it, it could have been a loss. It could have been something. But something's on his mind where he's thinking about it. He has no idea Andy's around. Right. Well, the story behind this, I just wanted to tell it really quick, is uh, I was embedded with the team in the 2009-10 season. Phil and I were working on our book, Journey to the Ring. We didn't know what was going to happen, obviously, towards the end, but uh, if they were going to win or not win the championship. But the publisher was going to publish the book regardless. It's all black and white. And, you know, one of the things that John and I do is we, we have access to the locker room, thanks to the great Gary Beattie on my side. And, you know, you've had great trainers and people in the locker room on your side. And this was just a moment where Kobe was doing his pregame meditation, which he would usually do in, a, in another room. Like, we've, we've been in broom closets. I've been, I've been in uh, visiting hockey locker rooms with this guy. But in Madison Square Garden, there was no place to do it. So he's in the busy actual Laker locker room willing himself to play. This is the second night of a back-to-back. -back, went out and dropped about 36 that night in MSG. All right, let's leave it there for now. Amazing first part of that conversation. It's Andy Bernstein, John Sue, who Byron Scott, Oral Hershiser, Michael Cooper, Jaime Hareen, just an absolute amazing event uh, that they had talking about their careers, talking about the Lakers and the Dodgers and the connection those two franchises had, winning the uh, both winning championships in 1988 and again winning championships in 2020. So we'll leave it there for now. We'll come back more of that conversation when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 400 0340. All right. It is Legends of Sport Friday. You just heard the first part of an amazing conversation that Andy had with his longtime uh, friend, uh, colleague, John Suhu, Michael Cooper, Byron Scott, Oral Hershey. I mean, for rain as a kid who grew up in the Los Angeles in the 1980s, it was amazing. Again, we're just playing a snippet for you. I mean, if you want to hear the whole thing or watch some highlights, how can they do that, Andy? Well, Arash, as always. Um... <laughs> Folks can go to uh, to Legends of Sport uh, podcast uh, platform is iHeart. That's our home base, but you can get on any podcast platform. So go to Legends of Sport, and uh, you'll see the audio version there. You can see the video. Well, you actually will hear the audio version. You will see the video version on our YouTube channel, Legends of Sport, and uh, I just want to tell people this week is a little bit different. Usually our 
video and our audio mi mirror each other. Um, but this this week we we changed it around a little bit so that the the video version is basically just a little highlight uh, short reel. It's not a reel, but it's it's like a nine minute video actually of the highlights of the evening. If you want to get more depth into the conversation, you should go listen to the actual audio version. So that's the uh, that's the place to find it. Also, our our website legendsofsport.net will have uh, links to everything. I loved again the old pictures of you and John. You know, when you're watching the Dodgers from afar, are there like ever moments? You know, big walk off home run, big playoff game, World Series that uh, you miss those days again. I, I cannot believe that you did both for a while. So, but like, are there moments when you're watching these games where you're like, oh, that'd be fun to shoot? Yeah. You know, I, I love baseball. I, I truly did. Um, I still love the sport. Um, baseball is a, is a difficult game as, as somebody who covers it regularly um, as a photographer. You know, it's it's a much slower paced sport than uh, hockey or, or basketball um, <laughs> or football. You know, the joke was that you could, you know, go to the bathroom and miss <laughs> And miss the only picture of the game, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, it got very tedious, um, and I got super busy with my NBA life. Yeah. It became a year-round commitment in the NBA. Uh, we started doing stuff in the summers. I was going deep into June with the finals and then starting up again, you know, in early September. Um, USA basketball commitment was, you know, that played into it. So, um, you know, it was time, and John – you know he's got the patience and the and the intestinal fortitude, I guess, to stay out there game after game, night after night, and uh, um, it ran its course with me. Quite frankly, um, it was time to go, and I was very thankful that that job helped kind of sort of springboard my career in the early eighties, because um, a lot of things started to come together: the NBA job and you know my job with with the Dodgers and the Kings. And then of course I was working a lot with the forum and all the different sports they were doing. Um, so, you know, very grateful to, especially Steve Brenner, who you probably yeah, know love who, Steve. who uh, hired me and continues to be a great mm -hmm. friend. One more before we head to the second part. 2020 was weird, Andy. I mean, I don't need to tell you, I mean, pandemic, the bubble, no fans. I was always dreaming Lakers, Dodgers can win in the same year again. It happened in 2020. It was weird because they won in the same month because of the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. What was 1988 like? It just seemed like there's such a connection. When those guys got on the same stage again, Hershiser and Cooper and Byron Scott, I mean, there, there was a connection there. There was a tremendous connection. I didn't really, I don't think John and I anticipated that, honestly. Um, you know, you, you put guys in their box like, you know, oh, these are baseball players and these are basketball players or, yeah. you know, and, but there was a lot of crossover. I mean, both Byron and, and Michael Cooper grew up in LA. They were Dodger fans. Yeah. They still are Dodger fans. So, you know, when the Dodgers were on their run and Oral was throwing those 59 scoreless innings and then Kirk Gibson, it's the home run, you know, they're cheering along with everybody else and vice versa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was fun to hear that those conversations, you know, they both, both groups um, had 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 guys at the helm who were very large personalities, to say the least. You know, the right. Dodgers, of course, with Tommy Lasorda, didn't get bigger than him, <laughs> and the Lakers, led by Pat Riley. So there was that that conversation about you know playing under or 
um, in Jaime's case, you know, reporting on, uh, you know, a legendary personality like Tommy Lasorda, but they had a lot of similarities, you know, the way Tommy motivated the Dodgers was kind of similar to the way Pat did and, and uh, it was spirited. It was a great conversation, man. It was great. And and you said about 2020 is so interesting <clears throat> that, you know, in a normal year, the schedule is that the NBA finals are over in June and mm-hmm. NBA champion is crowned in June and the World Series is in October and now, you know, usually ends the beginning of November. And in 2020, it was flip-flopped. The Dodgers, <laughs> the Dodgers won first and then the Lakers. That's right. This is weird. The whole thing was <laughs> Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> All right, with that said, let's now go to the second part of this amazing conversation. It's Andy Bernstein, it's John Suhu, it's Earl Hershiser, Byron Scott. Now, the next uh, slide, talk about candid moments. Two of the greatest Dodger left-handers in the history of the franchise. And John Suhu was at the right place at the right time. Well, uh, talk about more coercing Sandy Koufax with you. I had to do that with Clayton. I said, hey, Clayton, uh, Sandy's going to be in uniform for old timers. Say, do you want to take a photo with, with, with Sandy? Because it'd be kind of cool. And he goes, oh, okay, sure. So I went to Sandy. I said, hey, the week, you know, a couple of days before, I said, hey, uh, Sandy, Clayton wants to take a photograph with you. Can we take a portrait together? Like, <laughs> so we start walking. I said, let's go do it in, in, our, in our bullpen. So we're walking through the tunnel. And I was leading the walk, and then you know something hit me on the side of the head. Say, hey, idiot, turn around! Something cool is going on, and this was going on. They were just this is 2015. The young Kofax, I mean, young San, uh, Clayton and a, and a, the veteran Sandy just talking. It's just t- today is this is my favorite Dodger photo. Love that one. Yeah, it just connects the old with the new. Hey, this one. How about this one? <laughs> Wow, this is an oldie but goodie, right? Man, Coop I wish Tom Rosen was here right now. <laughs> Whose idea it's was... It's Lon's fault. How, where was Andy? Was he on a lifeboat? Where this was, was he? was absolutely the most insane idea Lon Rosen ever had. <laughs> I love him to death, but he's like, yeah, let's do... The, back in the day... You see? Back in the day, we used to do, you know, the regular team picture, of course, and then Lon would always sell a sponsorship to somebody to sponsor a RC fun, Cola. Yeah, a fun team picture. <laughs> so he knew the guy who owned the, the body glove brand, and this was his guy's boat in Marina Del Rey. I don't know how he got the team to go down there, honestly. But there's all kinds of weird stuff going on in this picture. <laughs> and I, I am literally straddling a boat and the dock on a ladder. You, I don't think you were here, but Juan, wherever Juan is, Juan was there that day. It was the most insane thing. And but we Andy, it was supposed to be a serious picture, and Kurt Rambis turns it into a whole other yeah, What is he doing? I don't know. We got, you know, of course, Pat and Bertka up there with, with a dinosaur. I mean, I, you got AC Green with a Cabbage Patch doll. I want to ask you guys, how many times, how many times did you guys get on a bus to go in, in uniform, in anywhere, uniform. Yeah. anywhere. Did you? How many times did you do that? Other than this, that was yeah. Very few, right? Uh, the, uh, we remember we used to get up like, when the Boston when we played Boston in the playoffs. We always dressed at the yeah. hotel. Yeah. Right, right, right. So right. Very rare. That's right. true. This is probably <laughs> one of my favorite pictures <laughs> because. Uh, Where's Byron hiding? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm a vet now. So I'm not hiding. I get to stand out exactly. a little bit. Yeah, he's with his core heart, Gary. I'm with, I'm with, Gary yeah, Vitti looks I'm like Tom, Vitti, Thomas so. Magnum. Yeah, GV. Or Tom Selleck. That's what we used to call it. Yeah, Tom Selleck. But the reason why I love this because this is the first time in a while that we got Kareem to really smile. Right. And that, that picture there is like real special to me because Cap didn't smile a lot and he didn't, you know, he would just yeah. be so stoic. But then, in fact, he was having fun. Although his pole is not in the water, it's hanging over the rail. What he's doing there. <laughs> He's like, what Captain am I doing smile when we won championships? Not at all. So that's why this anyway, is a crazy. special picture. We had to share that one. We had to this share that one. This one's crazy. <laughs> oh, Vin Scully. This was a John Suhu production, it's I would Vin. imagine, right? Yes, Suhu? this was actually uh, Eric Braverman was his idea to, uh, hey, maybe we'll do a, like a little cut out of a, a, a Vinny yeah, for the team photo and it like worked out really well and then Vinny gave this incredible expression for it it's, it's like great. it's priceless and to this day his whole family loves this one so. <laughs> yeah team photos are always kind of boring so that spice they are not that. boring they're really hard to do <laughs> and again, it's, like, it's like a what you think is boring. It's like a yearbook. Oh my I God. see what you guys are doing. <laughs> Try to get 30 guys that you'd smile at you. <laughs> you should have done that with Chick. That would have been fun. Oh, that yeah, been that would have been great. <laughs> anyway. Are you guys saying team photos are the hardest part of your job? Oh, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Allie is here. Where are you, Allie? It's like herding cats. <laughs> I mean, you got to get all these guys. First of all, Phil Jackson would start yelling at me before we took the picture. Just like, just like Tommy. I mean, literally. Andy, did you have the Pedro Guerrero take or did John? Uh, where Pedro never showed up, we like did it three different. Well, we have days. Photoshop oh, now for all totally. that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we didn't have Photoshop no, they, back in the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, we had one with Ron Artest where he was late and he <laughs> he was like putting his uniform on as he's running out, and yeah, it's crazy. And then I'm, I'm looking over here at my buddy Jeff Moeller and thinking about all the Kings team photos. We just did one where the Kings would, some of their executives wouldn't come, you know, just they'd be on the road or whatever. And so Jeff would have to sit in as a stand-in person. We'd chop his head off in Photoshop and put the other guy's head on. Seriously, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we used to have like one spot open for like, you know, whoever the pitcher is for that right. day. But next, you know, the following year is like there are 12 empty spots for <laughs> to drop people in because no one wanted to show up for it. It's yeah. like, That's the most stressful thing of the year. Easily. Yeah, for sure. Easily. Andy, how was uh, Dennis Rodman? You know, he was actually good. Yeah, he showed up. He was great. Um, With, without lip thick. <laughs> Can't say I remember, but yeah. I would right. probably go with Whit. <laughs> Let's move on to 88, because uh, this was the crossover effect. Yes. Andy and uh, John Suhu were there for, obviously, both championships, the Lakers and this one, the Dodgers. This one uh, is when the Dodgers beat the Mets at home at Dodger Stadium. Game 7, beat the Mets, and Oral Hershiser mm -hmm. was, uh, was amazing in that series and that whole season. Um, can you guys just... Talk oral as far as the 88 season. No, Just, this man is bad ass. 1988. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> the whole season? Yeah, can you go through <laughs> every start? Through the whole season, would you? Please go through every start. <laughs> start at the beginning. I it, mean, was a, it was a great team that never said die, and we were a bunch of misfits, and <laughs> we weren't supposed to do a whole lot. Fred Clare made a great move right before the 88 season, and we got Kirk Gibson in second look free agency. We traded Bobby Welch to get Alfredo Griffin and Jay Howell, 
And uh, it was a, a really, really feisty team. They brought back Mickey Hatcher uh, and Rick Dempsey was a guy they signed. And Fred Clare really, as a new general manager, was taking like a beating in the media uh, for making no moves. And uh, all he wanted to do is bring guys back that were tough and wanted to win. He didn't really all completely look at all the ability level. And we just came together under Tommy and, and really Kirk and Soch were kind of the physical and mental leaders of the team. Hey, Oral, let me ask you a question. Is, uh, before that game, did you guys feel you were going to win? When we played the Celtics in 87, we knew we were going to win. Well, that's yeah. good. I'm so glad you had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy for you. But... <laughs> I love it. Michael, you're talking to a guy who got cut from his high school team till his junior year. Cut from my college team till my junior year. Yeah, but Oral, you won every you won every award that year. I, that I get a I won it, but you know, um, running away from defeat and running towards success is the same direction. <laughs> so, wow, that's get it. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> Save that one. You might, you might hey, use that one. Right that, you were, you you were use basically that one. almost unhittable. That year. I, well, mean, I appreciate it, but you guys were unbeatable too on the other side. But, you know, there are things that come together. I wasn't a strikeout pitcher. I just said, you know, if I can throw one more sinker away, if I can get ahead in the count, throw one more curveball in the dirt, they're going to chase it. And I had a bunch of guys behind me picking the ball up. Um, I think I averaged during the 59 scoreless and then through the World Series, I think I averaged like six, seven strikeouts a game. So the ball's been put in play and they were picking it up and, and get, making outs. Jaime, uh, we've heard about Jack Buck's call. Don Drysdale's call, Vin Scully's call, obviously, of this home run. This is a photo. Andy or Sue who this is, this is mine, but the next one is John. So we one of us was on third base side and one, one of us on the first base side. So, Jaime, can you just the same can you recall this moment broadcasting yes, that course, home run? I do. Of course I do. It was the great, one of the greatest moments in, in the history of the Dodgers, no question about it, in 1988. When he, he wasn't supposed to play, he was hurt, but he came through with that home run that gave the, 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 the World Series to the Dodgers. It was, it Where was, was Byron play. and Coop when that home run was hit? That's so great. I wasn't doing that. I, I, uh, I was just at home watching it on TV, and I was just sitting there like, oh my God. Hawaii training camp. That's Gary V. Thank you, Gary VD. I knew I was in front of a TV. I didn't know Hawaii, LA, same thing to me. I mean, damn, I mean. Hey, if they're in Hawaii, if it's Hawaii, they were not watching this game. I know I remember watching him do that, and I was like, wow. You know. How many games would you guys go to? Would you guys cross over? Like Andy and John crossed over Lakers and Dodgers. Would Oral go to Laker games? Would you guys come to Dodger games back then? I know well, you guys I, I go know, now. I did. I yeah. did. I'm, I'm a big Dodger I'm a, fan. I've uh, always, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always been a big Dodger yeah. fan. So I go to more now yeah. than when I, obviously, when I played. We see you out there, yeah. B. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and make so, my presence. So the 88 season, like I mentioned at the beginning, right? The greatest sports season in Los Angeles history. Uh, let's move over to the Lakers mm. there. Mm -hmm. I mean... They went back to back, beat the Celtics in 87, beat the Pistons in 88. 
Did you guys have the same feeling as uh, as Oral did when uh, <laughs> in '88? You know, the Pistons were the bad boys, is what they call them. But after we got through with their ass, we called them the bad kids. Yeah. Oh, we got spanking them. But no, they were very formidable foe. Very good back uh, uh, backcourt, like myself, Byron, and Matt. If they had Vinnie Johnson, Dumars, and Isaiah Thomas, so they were really, really ready to go. No doubts in your mind that you guys were going to win Game Seven. Not, not in my mind. I, I know, like, like Hoop said, in, when we went back to Boston for game six, you know, I, I remember my dad taking me to the airport and saying, you know, what do you think? I said, we're going to beat him in, in six games. You know, we, we packed for one game. We're going to win in six. We're going to come back home. In, in this series, we knew when we had the home court advantage and we lost game one, mm -hmm. all we had to do is get to Detroit, win a game. And we knew we would have home court advantage. So going back home to the forum down 3-2, I don't think none of us in that locker room felt we were going to lose that series. And we were able to you know, win game six, to go to game seven, and then beat them in game seven. Watching uh, on TV hey, these can, type of... Can I say something real you, quick? Of course. Can you go back to that past picture? And I, I hate to be a potty mouth, but that's who I am. Andy, can you move? Can you move for a second, Andy? See this fat motherfucker right here? Guy was part of the the, uh, uh, the bad boys that they created, and we Rick told Mahorn, his right? ass up. That's Rick Mahorn. Rick Mahorn. Just pointing that out. Still holding on to that, huh? Yeah, I, I still have a, I think I think Cooper's okay, still sorry. a little pissed off yeah, with Rick yeah. Mahorn. But, like but, but can I say this real quick? Let it go about, about Coop. One of the greatest defensive players that ever played in the NBA. Yeah. Absolutely. And, we, and I'm still trying to figure out why he's not in the Hall of Fame. We all are. I'm, I'm still trying to figure yeah. it out. So if you guys, what you don't, get a vote. But go on social media. <laughs> social media. Let's get Next it trending. Let's start talking we'll about get it Hall trending of Fame. tonight. Start talking about Byron. my boy Michael Cooper. Byron, don't you have to have that kind of attitude like he talked about that guy to play defense? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you got to have that attitude. Absolutely. And he, and he had it. There's no doubt about it. There was nobody in the league that he felt he couldn't guard. And every time that guy was getting off, he was like, I got him. Even this fat motherfucker. <laughs> I won't say anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Oral. <laughs> Your high school team must be hell on wheels. <laughs> Hey, these moments were uh, were larger than life to all of us that yeah. weren't involved in it. Uh, how did you guys squeeze into that forum uh, locker room to have that celebration yeah. before? And obviously the parades. I mean, Andy, you guys were in there uh, ce celebrating and trying to do your job as well. I mean, what were these things like, the parades and the celebrations in the locker rooms? Man, the locker room is the forum was a closet. I mean, literally. And the, and the visitor's locker room was even worse. Um, and, and the network would do the trophy presentation in the locker room with all the chaos. I mean, there's chaos going on behind, you know, behind us here. You can see. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Again, another amazing edition of Legends of Sport Friday on the Arash Marcoux, brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. Uh, just This one was one of my all-time favorites, just because I was there live in person. John Suhu, Andy Bernstein, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, Ole Hershiser, Jaime Harin. Just an amazing uh, conversation and to hear those guys reminisce about winning it all in 1988 and fast forward to both teams winning it all in 2020. Uh, but again, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again next week. This is uh, Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.